Welcome to Broad Vision's fourth quarter year 2014 earnings announcement and investor conference event. My name is Ellen and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the call over to Peter Chu, CFO of Broad Vision. Mr. Chu, you may begin. Thank you, Ellen. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Peter Chu, CFO and Vice President of Strategy and Products at BroadVision. Welcome to our 2014 Q4 financial results announcement and conference call. I will first provide our standard cautionary comments on forward-looking statements and other legal matters, then review the fourth quarter results, which were announced in a press release earlier this afternoon. Next, I will provide product and marketing updates, and then I wrap up with a summary. As always, I will be pleased to take your questions following the formal portion of the call. First, some administrative information. During the course of this conference call, BroadVision may make forward-looking statements. All forward-looking statements included in this call are based upon information available to BroadVision as of the date of this call, including statements regarding our expectations of future financial results and product releases, and BroadVision assumes no obligation to update or correct any such forward-looking statements. These statements are not guarantees of future performance and actual results could differ materially from BroadVision's current expectations. Actual future results may be impacted by various important factors, including, without limitation, changes in the market, competitive environment, and macroeconomic conditions. Additional information on potential factors that could affect the company's financial results is included in the company's periodic reports on Forms 10-K and 10-Q and other documents filed with the SEC. All statements and information can also be found at our website at www.broadvision.com under the About Us section, under there, under Investors Relations, under Overview page. You can also view our SEC filings and historical financial results under the About Us section, under Investor Relations, under the SEC filings page. Now, on to our fourth quarter results. Our Q4 2014 results in terms of P&L balance sheet, and other operating highlights. First, revenue. Q4 total revenues were $4.3 million, with $2.7 million in licenses, $0.8 million in maintenance, and $0.8 million in consulting services. Sequentially, this compares to Q3-14 total revenues of $3.1 million, with $1.3 million in licenses, $1 million in maintenance, and $0.8 million in consulting services. And in comparison, the Q413 revenues from a year ago were $3.7 million, with $1.4 million in licenses, $1.3 million in maintenance, and $1.0 million in consulting services. And Q4 revenues by region were 60% Americas, 13% EMEA, 27% APJ, compared to 41% Americas, 22% EMEA, 37% APJ in Q3 2014 and 33% Americas, 29% EMEA, and 38% APJ in Q4 2013. As we've discussed in the past, we expect our geographical mix to fluctuate somewhat from quarter to quarter, mainly due to our small footprint. Now, in terms of expenses, on gap basis, total operating costs plus cost of revenue were $5 million in Q4 14. 
compared to 5.2 million in Q3 of 14 and 5.2 million in Q4 of 13. Now onto income. In Q4 14, we generated a gap net loss of 1.6 million or 0 0.32 uh, or 32 cents per basic and diluted shares compared to a net loss of 3.3 million or 68 cents per basic and diluted shares in Q3 of 2014 and a net loss of 1.3 million or 28 cents per basic diluted share in the same quarter, Q4 2013. As for cost centers, looking at our four main cost centers. First, the cost of goods sold. Concentrating mainly on cost of services and cloud hosting, it was 1 million in Q4, compared to the 1.1 million in Q3 of 2014. Second, R&D expenses for Q4 were $1.9 million compared to $1.8 million in Q3 of 2014. Sales and marketing expenses for Q4 2014 were $1.1 million compared to $1.2 million in Q3 of 2014. Finally, GNA expenses for Q4 were $1 million, the same as Q3 2014. Now, on to balance sheet. As of December 31st, 2014, we had 37.1 million of cash and cash equivalents and short-term investments. With no long-term debt, compared to 39.6 million at the end of Q3 2014. Accounts receivable were at 3.3 million at the end of Q4 2014, compared to 2.2 million at the end of Q3 2014. Day sales outstanding in Q4 2014 was 71 days compared to 64 days in Q3 of 2014. Prepaid expenses and other current assets were $1.1 million at the end of Q4 2014, compared to $1.3 million in Q3 2014. And other non-current assets were $0.3 million at the end of Q4 2014, compared to $0.4 million in Q4 in Q3 2014. Accounts payable were 0.5 million at the end of Q4 2014, same as Q3 2014. Accrued expenses were 2.3 million at the end of Q4 2014, same as Q3 2014. Deferred maintenance was 1 million at the end of Q4 2014, compared to 1.1 million in Q3 2014. Unearned revenues was 1.6 million at the end of Q4 2014, compared to 1.9 million in Q3 2014. Other non-current liabilities were 0.8 million at the end of Q4 2014, which is the same as Q3 2014. Let me give a just brief summary of the business based on the facts that were just discussed. Our fourth quarter operating results uh, are an improvement over the results from Q3 2014 with respect to revenue and recurring expenses. The unexpected losses were greater by over $750,000, mainly due to currency fluctuation. We do see continued softening of our legacy commerce offerings, but Quicksilver and Clairville remain robust workhorses for our customers. The demand for document information sharing management continues to be strong in today's mobile, social, and collaboration-driven economy. To meet such demands, we released Clairville 2014 Release 4 and Release 5 in the fourth quarter. Additionally, Clairville's chat 
which is, has, been, has been added as an important enhancement to our portal-based social and collaboration solution. Clairo customers have requested the need for real-time messaging in their dynamic and mobile team environment. Finally, but not least, today, we also announced the wide availability of Emoso after an extensive period of testing with our key partners and customers. So next, I would like to invite Kai Levine, VP of Marketing for Broadvision, to provide an update on sales and marketing. Thank you, Peter. The availability of our new unified communication and collaboration solution, the MOSO, is timely and welcomed by enterprises in need of solutions to keep up with the speed and reach of a truly mobile and global business environment. Enterprises have accepted, although reluctantly at times, the BYOD concept of bring your own device. The benefits of rapid and fluid communication and sharing of information is clear, and the consumer and mostly free apps are clearly leading this change in work habits. While there are appropriate, while there, they are appropriate use cases for broadcast-oriented and viral distribution of information, the information and knowledge used in business communications and collaboration are sensitive, if not devastating, if that information and knowledge is not protected against deliberate or accidental leakage. In today's interconnected world, the MOSO's integrated suite of communication and collaboration solutions email, instant messaging, content sharing, task management, and social networking increases workplace productivity through improved collaboration and communication between distributed locations locally and around the world. The MOSO is at the center of a new generation of solutions that fit employees' mobile productivity needs and yet preserve the enterprise's requirements for secure and effective management of shared information. There are five design goals for Vimoso. Number one, unified. Business communications are unified in a single, easy-to-use solution. Users can chat, post messages, manage emails and tasks, carry on threaded discussions, share files, and organize all communications for sharing and reference. The key here is that Vimoso was designed and built with all five activities in one platform or solution. Number two, personalized. All conversations and documents are stored without redundancy for consistency and time saving. More importantly, users' activities can be prioritized by the people engaged, topic, or type of action required. Number three, organized. Enterprises benefit from organization structure for people and information to be preserved, discovered, and retrieved. Additionally, organizing and linking of information across people engaged and topics and status creates a rich context for clear call to action and business continuation. Secure. Enterprise-grade access control on who can access what information ensures productivity without compromising security. Enterprises are now recognizing the need to control where the data is stored, whether it is on a private or public cloud. Interoperable. Flexible API support for enterprise platforms of engagement, such as CRM, CMS, and ERP systems. The integration approach includes open API access, messaging integration, and traditional import-export of data. In particular, as a universal inbox, 
Vermoso is integrated with email systems for seamless interaction between email users and Vermoso users. Today, we live in an interconnected and mobile world. True 24-hour collaboration and communication is possible. With Vimoso, users can connect anytime and anywhere. More importantly, Vimoso is built with mobility in mind. MO is needed in this mobile-centric world. Another factor driving this, as we mentioned earlier, is the concept of BYOD. 50% or more of companies today encourage, allow, and provide support for employees to bring their own mobile devices to the job. Bomoso works on smart devices anywhere, at any time, wireless access exists. Tying these thoughts all together is the notion that the office is not just the building where the majority of employees work, but rather each location where any individual works. Keeping remote workers engaged is paramount in today's economy. Vimoso is that platform for connecting dispersed colleagues. We live in a distributed, flexible world where colleagues and even customers never actually see a person on the other end of the conversation. Vimoso, again, addresses this workforce productivity challenge and will help lead this revolution. Vimoso is now available through our new website and through select mobile stores such as the App Store and Google Play. Users can download the free personal and Soho version of the product. The enterprise version is available through our sales team, which can be reached at sales at broadvision.com. What's our go-to-market strategy here? We continue to invest in business improvements in the sales and marketing front. We are seeing the benefits of our new digital marketing strategy with new investments in a new corporate website and an integrated content and social marketing program strategy for prospect and customer engagement. Through campaigns and webinars, we are developing our digital channels to enable more far-reaching marketing efforts. I encourage you to visit our new website, which enables customers to find, download, download, and sign up for service more quickly and easily, and enables the company to more readily raise awareness and visibility about our products and services through social and business channels. Launching this quarter will be a variety of inbound marketing campaigns. Our goal is to quickly get into the collaboration, communication, and workplace productivity discussion and leverage our decades of enterprise experience becoming thought leaders. The market has many different segments, and we believe we have a version suitable for organizations of any size. Now let me turn it back over to Peter. Thank you, Ty. So, in trying to pull together uh, what we've discussed today, we are very excited about the most so and we're ramping up our sales and marketing program to go to market with our two-prong approach, both direct and through channels. Messaging and collaboration is an exciting market opportunity, but not without competition, as with all promising endeavors. The need for enterprise-class secure communication collaboration is an important agenda item for global organizations of all sizes, whether it is a company of a few hundred people located across multiple continents or a multinational enterprise with hundreds of thousands of employees. They share the same need for productivity and effectiveness. Our timing and investment in the social, mobile communication and collaboration platforms are well aligned with market opportunities. Specifically, we have invested in core technologies that have set us apart from others. Vimoso is unique in its focus on security and management of data privacy 
based on customers' choice as to where to host their private data in a country or partner company of choice. Additionally, Zimoso's patented integration approach with email services offers customers a unified inbox to conduct businesses with greater accountability and productivity. These are key investments that leverage our long history of building enterprise solutions for global customers. Zimoso highlights mobility while emphasizing enterprise class security and privacy through the unification of email, instant messaging, file sharing, workflow, and social networking into one cohesive and convenient user experience. It is a productivity tool that enables users to engage with anyone about anything from anywhere and at any time. It enhances a hybrid networking approach pioneered by Broadvision for organizations to engage their internal and external workforces, partners, and customers. Zimoso is a secure and unified communication and collaboration platform for global enterprises to be able to easily provision and organize their agile and mobile users around the world. With that, thank you for listening, and now let's open it up for your questions. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue, please press the pound sign or the hash key. There will be a delay before the first question is announced. If you are using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. Standing by for questions. The first question is from John Stetson with HS Contrarian. Hello. Hello, John. Hi, uh, this is actually uh, Barry Honig. Um, I work with uh, John Stetson, or he works for me. Out of my office, we work together. And uh, I had a schedule letter last week on behalf of uh, myself and Michael Browser, and I got no response. And um, I'm listening to this conference call today, and uh, it's nice that you can read from a sheet and um, – I appreciate it, but A, um, I sent the letter and got no response. I see that this quarter is a little bit better than the previous quarters, but nothing, nothing that's going to really change the value of the company. You um, didn't respond to my letter, and I figured I'd ask you on the call. Um, how, do you, how do you see the company changing from the previous 16 quarters and having uh, really no growth and competing in a, very, uh, uh, in a field that's very crowded with much larger companies with sales forces? And um, maybe you can answer some more, answer some more questions, please. So, okay, so Mr. Honig, I think that, uh, as I pointed out, this is a very, very exciting market opportunity in the mobile, in the communication, and collabor- collab- collaboration space. But as with anything that has a exciting opportunity, it's not without competition. So I think that, you know, we are, we have been, we have been tooling, working on this technology, but the best approach is actually to do what we do very, very well, which is to leverage, you know, the differentiation that is broad vision and its history of building for large enterprises, the ability to deliver secure, scalable type solutions. I think it's wonderful that we have a lot of innovation out there that are changing the way people are engaging, people are communicating, people are working with documents. 
But, you know, I think we're learning how to work that way, how to deliver solutions that way. But I think the uniqueness is when we combine what we know with years of history and track record of delivery and building in, for example, emphasizing on security and emphasizing giving customers the ability to do, for example, public as well as private cloud hosting. These are differentiations that you don't see in the marketplace. You ask a question about competition, and that is the way companies invest in what they do best to outsource. Okay, you've been burning $12 million consistently for the last four years. Your company has not grown its sales in the last four years. Every quarter is consistently flat, and it's obvious, it's obvious that it's not an interest for your product. There's an interest for your product. Your sales will be growing, so I'm not exactly sure why you keep on keep on going down the path, keep on going down the same path and continuously burning money and at the same, at the same time, your shares reflecting upon your business model that nobody's really, there's no really interest, uh, there's no real interest in your product. There's interest in your product, your sales will be growing. Well, Barry, we, we're just launching the product and as with anything, guys, you're going to invest in something, you want to make sure it's ready to take it out to market. So, you know, uh, I think your questions are, are, are valid is that you made a big investment. Let's hope that the technology is, you know, as you, as we say, you know, it's done in a differentiated way and it's presented to the market. We hope to drive up sales and marketing to recruit the kind of, the, the, the recruitment that we're looking for. Hey, stop talking about me. Do you believe in what you're building? Do the insiders believe in what you're building? Well, we absolutely do. Otherwise, we wouldn't so be going on so why haven't any why haven't any of the inside sports stock in the open market in the past four years? Yourself, the CEO, you guys you guys get paid very high salaries and you get a consult you get consulting gigs every quarter, but you haven't put one 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 single dollar back into the stock. Why hasn't there been any inside of buying if you believe in what you're building? You just share the CEO is a very wealthy guy, he's been taking over a million dollars a year from the company. Why isn't he buying any stock and showing the street that he believes in what he's building here? Well, Barry, I don't know where you're getting your numbers from, and there's a lot of uh, accusations throwing out here. But let me answer to you. You know, people have their own choices in how they invest their money. But I would like to say that I think our, our you know, we have very, very large holdings from insiders in the company uh, in very, very significant ways. So I'm, I don't understand your question, to be honest. The question is very simple. If you believe in what you build, and why hasn't there been any insider buying in the past four years for yourself, the CEO, from the CEO, the CEO, the senior gets a $400,000 consulting fee every quarter to another one of his companies, okay? And he, and he takes a large salary, and he has, he has invested one penny into the open market to buy the stock. Why would you expect other people to buy the stock if insiders aren't buying stock? Trading blows cash value for a reason. Well, I, I think, Barry, I think you're, you're, you're – I don't know where those numbers are coming from. And has, there any, has there been any insider buying in the past three years? I mean, that's, yes not that's not something for me to track. I mean, for people to buy their own shares, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a position they make on their own choice. But guess what? Outside investors, outside investors follow, follow people, follow insiders. When there's no insider buying, it's just reflection upon what insiders really believe in their own companies. Okay? Well, Why would you expect outsiders to buy stock in your company if insiders are not buying stock in your own company? Well, but, I mean, I think, Barry, you know, I can't speak for other people. But personally, I've been accumulating my shares, so I know it's a growing pot. So, I mean, to that point, I mean, I, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but just making a personal statement, 
I believe in it, and my stakes are growing, so, you know, I can't ask for anybody you else. Take the, you, you, you take the grow? You're not, you haven't bought any stock? The company, the, the, the company, the company's valuation is more than the the company. If I buy 5% like you do, then yes, I have to report it. The company's market cap is beneath its cash value. What does that tell you? It tells you, it tells you that nobody's putting a value on, on, on the business, correct? Well, it means the market is not putting a value on the business. But what we okay, so, why, so, so why are you helping me out? Why is the market not putting a value on the business? Well, explain, because, explain it to me. Well, because if you look at the very top line of the entire business structure, we have a weakening legacy business, and the weakening leg legacy business is what everybody's familiar with. And we do have to prove ourselves in the very exciting new market for social communication and collaboration. We have to make our mark share. And that's actually worth a lot. How much share do you anticipate burning until you turn profitable? Um, we, that's we, a question that's for the board to decide, and I would like to defer that to, you know, much, much higher higher level well, of shareholder representation to make that decision, Barry. Well, well I, I think you guys should address the question, will the company have cash flow before you become profitable, okay? Well, I think way, that any responsible business, Barry, has to make the right decision to invest the right amount with, actually, it's our fiduciary responsibility that the return is greater than the amount that you're putting in. That, that, so that's correct. The way business people will make that decision, we still have well, a role well, the last, the last, the last, the last. in a significant technology investment with big payoffs, you can make such wide, you can make... Well, the, the, last, the, last, the, last four years, the last four years, the last four years, there hasn't been one single borrow, hasn't been one single dollar return on the money you've invested over four years now. You've had over four or five years to turn your business around, all you've been doing is burning capital, you invest the capital and scale the capital. So over four years, you've spent over $30 million and has been $1 return to shelters. And while the stock market has gone up over 100%, your stock has gone down close to 100%. Well, Barry, I've so the market, so I can't speak to market correlation, but I do know that any significant technology opportunity, you can look around Silicon Valley. Spending some amount of reasonable choice of money diligently is the way to build a great, great product to approach a great market. As you said, it's a very competitive market. You're not going to go in there and just turn something, you know, pull out a product with three months of development and think that you can win this game. I think you're being a little bit, you know, just kind of uh, thinking this is, you know, another mobile app you can build for a million dollars and let's make it happen. That's not how business is done here. We put a lot more thought into it and we do it diligently and with responsibility. Okay, so what's the time period? What's the time period when you think you're going to start getting the marketplace for your products? Barry, let us sell the product and let the results speak for itself. I don't have a crystal ball. That's the same old story. Take care. Oh. Do we have other questions? The next question is from John Scott, private investor. Yep, this is, this is John Scott. I run my Hello, own personal I run my own personal fund and listen, I have to say I've been a very frustrated shareholder in broad vision. Over the, the past four years, unfortunately, and I have a couple of questions for you. First question is, has the board considered and or responded to the letter that was sent by Marlin Capital last week? Oh, um, I think that uh, based on, you know, our, our, our uh, looking at the filing records, 
this all came out on the end of the day on Friday. So the board has been notified, and the board actually is, uh, you know, will be acting in the appropriate fashion in due course. These are the things that we will take seriously. And what does that appropriate fashion entail? Uh, that's up to the board. I apologize, but I, they will do it in 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 in, the, in in very short amount of time. But I don't have that information on hand. And has the board ever considered seriously the prospect of dividending out the cash on hand, considering that there is no value on the business? I've talked with experts in the space. They don't think that there's any differentiation in the products that you're referencing. It's a very crowded field, as Barry just mentioned previously, and I. The market's not giving any value to your product. Oh, well, I'm sorry that you talked to experts. Um, maybe you can share with, that with, with me at some other time. It's a very, very new area, and some of the things we do are very, very new. I'm surprised that people even know about such things with that. So I'll take that for what I'll, I'll, I'll have that, that is your comment. I will accept it. But to answer your serious yeah. question is that the board will look at all of the different ways that's just, you know, around 360 analysis of the business. Uh, you know, what are their responsibilities to shareholders, to the business, and to everybody? Yes, and I would love to have a conversation with you offline as well. Unfortunately, it's very difficult to reach management. I've tried on several occasions. Um, John, please send me an email. I'd be uh, looking forward to connecting with you. And second question, have you guys, has the board, has the company looked at maybe some accretive transactions in the space that could maybe start generating a little more shareholder excitement? Uh, I think the board has asked us to look at every way, you know, in terms of every dollar that's invested, whether it's uh, organic, whether it's other ways to really bring greater value into the entity. So all of those things are being reviewed and constantly discussed. That's good to hear, at least. Um, Another question on Vimoso. So when you first went into development for the product, before you entered the market, I mean, what did the internal game plan look like for how long this thing was going to take to really start to gain traction and to start showing some ROI on the investment that, you know, the past three or four years, it's been continuing the same crash, burning the cash, um, no real value to show for it yet. I mean, what, what was the game plan? What was the map ahead of deciding to launch that product? Oh, um, you know, it's, Vimoso has been in the in the cook for, um, actually, you know, there's always architectural updates. I mean, we've been in the social game for, for you know, that's really where the three to four year time frame comes from. It's from Clairville. We've made a lot of investments in that. And from that, you know, I think we learned a lot, a lot about having a product that's unique in a way that it's an OEM-able product. You don't find that very often in the cloud. And we, 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 you know, developed a reputation for that, working with large telcos. So I think leveraging on that, we learned about more about scalability and security. And one of the major investments is actually taking that, which is a social portal, which is more web-based, and transforming the same kind of experience and value into the mobile area. And then, so now you see a very, very, you know, a lot of investments into, and this is what the whole industry is doing, is taking what we do, you know, centralized, all on the web, and in the cloud, and adding that to a mobile paradigm. And that's, you know, it's, it's not a trivial undertaking. I mean, we're not doing a very light app where you send a message. We're doing enterprise app where there's security, where there's access control, where there's storage of knowledge, sharing of knowledge, making it searchable. So, yes, I mean, maybe, you know, there, there, there are complexities, but with complexity 
if there comes value. So the time frame of these things are we typically, you know, try to do something within a year. But with changing market requirements and changing customer feedback and getting feedback to retool the product, it took more than a year. And, and moving forward from here, what do you see the, the timeline looking like to start showing some traction? Um, I wish I could say exactly what that is, but we're actually making 2015 a year where we're, do, we're doing the push. So, you know, to, to you know, speaking about the numbers, I think we'll be do spending, spending some marketing dollars, ramping up sales, and actually continue to, to develop the product based on the immediate feedback. Because these days, things do move fast with product cycles. So I'm, I'm looking at 2015 as a year to prove that we also and its value to the marketplace. And, okay. You know, well, here, 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 it, it's been a yep. little quicker for a while, but it's stopped now. Well, hearing you talk about the actual product actually got me a little bit excited. I mean, my concern is you talked about increasing the spend on marketing and sales, and does that just mean you're going to burn through the real asset that you have right now, which is the cash? That's the only thing proven. Oh, but, That's but the cash in the bank. Thank you for that. One compliment, you know, for the last 20 minutes. Uh, but, uh, yes, it's an exciting product. And uh, But if you look at us, right, yes, we've, we've suffered from the declining legacy revenue. But hopefully what you also see, you know, this is me as a CFO speaking, we track our expenditures very, very closely. If there's a softening in revenue by X percent, I do X plus Y percent to do the cost management. And, you know, this is where we're very, very diligent. And people work here for a small public company as it is a startup company. So we spent every penny very careful, even with marketing spend. I mean, with Ty sitting in front of me, we're talking about doing trials until it's proved, proven. When we have a formula, then we double down to spend to expand certain programs. That's a discipline we have here on every dollar that we spend. So the same principle I said about the board thinking about how every dollar is invested. I know every day. I watch probably every expenditure, and what, how are we spending it? Is it going to get us the return? If it's going to be a big investment, let's break it up and make some proof points before we spend a lot more. So on that side, I think, you know, John, I will tell you, you don't have to worry too much. We're going to be very diligently. This thing will not be that much more, but we're just shifting resources from, you know, maybe uh, other areas to focus on marketing, and we'll manage the spend. And you look at our track record on that part, that's very, very clear. Well, you're, you're managing the spend, but unfortunately, if you look at the burn the, the past 16-plus quarters, unfortunately, it's been the same bottom number. But I, I appreciate you answering my questions. I, I would love to take this conversation offline. I will shoot you an email. I do have some ideas of how we can create some value here for shareholders. Um, you know, I've been a long-time investor, like I said, uh, unfortunately, but I, I do still see the upside, which is why I'm still an investor. And I'm also very interested to hear the board's thought process on the proposals put forward by Marlin Capital, which I believe would generate tremendous shareholder value, potentially. Well, John, you know, with a very balanced conversation, I welcome it, and please reach out to me. Thank you, John. Thank you. The next question is from Guy Dietrich with Dietrich Capital. Hi, I've also been a um, long-term investor and consider myself a friend of T-Hung's. Um, and I, I guess I, I, I'm sort of struggling to understand why in such a dynamic uh, state there's been so little top-line revenue growth. you feel like you just had historically the wrong products? Were they too complicated? 
uh, and what gives you a uh, sense that Famoso is going to be a departure from what we've seen in the past? Oh, okay. Well, if um, thank you, guys. Um, I think that with uh, Clearville, we were late to the market. I mean, there are people who, you know, they do social collaboration on a web portal basis. People have sort of uh, taken off even as we got in the game. So this, that's where we, we, we play the game of saying, you know, always understanding differentiation, differentiation is key. So we went the OEM, we went the white label, we found partners, because at the end of the day, that's how we also manage, you know, our small footprint to be able to leverage other people's sales and distribution to get into markets. Uh, having said that, I think, you know, having the foot in the game for the last four years has been tremendously valuable. We understand customer how they're marrying their legacy data, how they're marrying their cloud storage, how they're marrying their other SORs, the systems of record, whether it be an ERP, CRM, MRP system. This is all the investments we made in information technology for the last 25 years. Uh, I've been in business this whole time, knowing every step has been valuable. But when you pull it together in an engaging and social and accountable way, using, using you know, sort of collaboration and messaging as, as the glue that pull it together, we've learned so much. Now, piling that into mobile, is still a new experience because mobile is meant to be very lightweight. It's meant to be on the go. There's a lot we can leverage, but at the same time, to do it well while getting a lot of work done, it is a challenge. I, I will admit that. But I think we spent a lot of time learning uh, and having understanding understand the customer's requirements, for example. The discovery that you can do all these things, you know, talk about productivity, talk about all that, but if privacy isn't done for a large multinational that has to worry about the laws that are coming in in Europe, in Germany, in Japan, in China, on I want my citizens' data to be residing only on machines run and hosted by people, sort of uh, companies, of that, uh, companies with that origin, you've got to now develop a solution that's not only to be deployable on Amazon. You've got to be able to work with local, local partners. Guess what? That's something that we do well. We know how to do these things. And I think it's not easy for others to do. When you do that, you have unique opportunities that cannot be tapped by other companies. So that's just an example of where we choose to play or where we choose to sort of fight in ways that I think are, are better spent of our dollar than just doing the same thing everybody else is doing. So Vimoso is, is quite different than anything else out there? Um, I think when you think about messaging and collaboration, it's all going to sound very much alike. But for enterprises that are thinking about doing a global deployment, an example of the ability to host locally within their country, or in fact will on-premise hosting, but yet they'll be connected to a world of collaboration services, you know, I think that's very unique. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, are you um, actively in discussions with, with sort of Fortune 1000 companies regarding the Mimoso product? You, I, I know as you say you've got 60,000 users on the Vimoso platform now. Who, who are those users? Um, it's early, but I would say it's, uh, we're going two types. Right? One is we are talking to the Fortune name companies as partners to do distribution. You know, an example of a very successful strategy in that is what we've done in Japan with the likes of SoftBank and NGT. These are the kind of companies that have, they're both great users, and when they become great users, they become great sellers. I mean, our product is the kind of product where you use it, you sell it, that's how it works. So that's the channel strategy. And, you know, we're, we're now a small company where these kind of large partners and key partners who understand how to 
um, move these solutions into their, call it, their turf is a very key part of our strategy. But at the same time, as with any kind of strategy, we have to go direct to set up glass health accounts. And yes, you know, that's where, guys, we are going after name accounts. We need to be able to find people who can become references that will help us sell more, help our partners sell more as well. I, I don't have names on that yet, and these are the things we'd love to talk about. And this is as to John's question earlier. We're working very hard on that. I hope you have updates on that, be able to share names and success stories as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I guess the final question. Just looking at your Twitter page for Vimoso, I, I see 16 tweets and 20 followers. I mean, it seems like that, that page is, is and, and apparently it's been up there since August of 2012. Is, is anybody focused on driving sort of a social media awareness um, on, on Twitter? I mean, I'm not quite sure what I'm, what I'm looking at, why, why there's so little traffic there. Yeah, yeah. So, Guy, I think that one is, you know, we kicked off the whole, we'll just call it the whole content and social media marketing strategy. And uh, we've actually gone, as opposed to having uh, labels and other types, where we have different handles. We've actually taken a very personal approach for people to follow sort of the voices within the company. And that's something that we have started and we'll be doing a lot more. So, in fact, thank you for pointing that out. There's some handles we probably should just take, take off, but there are other handles that we need to sort of do more to bring and generate awareness and pull it together into our entire network. But I think with Ty on board, I'm actually very, very uh, confident seeing the plan that they put together. We'll be pulling together our different blog sites. We actually have audio books and also just ways of generating interest and doing the education. Because at, at the end of the day, you know, as John pointed out earlier, there's complexity in this valuable solution. And doing education and bringing the message out there, we can do a lot more. I just wonder. If, I just wonder if complexity isn't the real problem here. I.e., don't users want simplicity? Um, yeah. And is is the Moso really a simple solution for them? Well, uh, to answer that question, I think that users absolutely demand simplicity. Uh, but at the same time, you know what they don't realize, and this, this is where the corporates care is that, you know, just as we, we all use, you know, iMessage to some extent or we use some, you know, chat, chat program of other flavor, but, you know, what we now hear from the corporate side is if they're doing business out there and if I'm a company, if it's even a public company, even discussing a real estate deal with your real estate agent with a completion date, that's kind of a leak of a material event before it's ready. And if you're doing it on a public messaging system, it's kind of scary. At least this is my CFO's perspective. So, when you think about issues such as that, I mean, this is not complex, but it's giving people sort of the secure and reliable solutions on the back end. While you have simplicity on the front, the back end has to be not complex, but has to be secure and, and, and it has, has kind of the global footprint that protects the data the companies want to have it. So, I mean, yes, I, I agree with you. If solving complex problems doesn't re- require complex solutions. It requires simplicity but sophistication. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks very much for taking my questions. Thank you, guys. We have no further questions at this time. Well, okay. So, um, Ellen, and so let's do a last call. If there are no questions at this time, uh, I do want to thank everybody uh, for joining us. Uh, I, you know, uh, to John and to Guy, I understand the frustration. 
and uh, you know it is it's, it's a long road here as well. Uh, we're actually all shareholders in the company, so to that extent, you know we're pulling we're pulling on the same. There are a lot of things that you know there are a lot of exciting things in Silicon Valley, and all of us chose to be here because we believe in the potential, and uh, we made a lot of sacrifices to do this to, to do this exactly. So you know, give us you know this is the year we're putting everything out there. Uh, we hope to make something of Emoso. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.